Good evening. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Looks like this side might be finer than this side. Oh, this side I don't know what the deal is. Right are you living separated? Okay. Well, whatever side you're on, we're glad you're here. Yeah. And I mean that in more than one way. <laughs> We're glad you're here. If you joined us on live stream, thanks for being with us tonight. Or if you're on podcast, we're glad that you tuned in to listen. Um, give a shout out to Charlotte and Bart, Pedro, Kenny, and Tanya. Hello. Amen. <laughs> they said that they're glad that you're there and they miss you. I don't know if you heard them. Probably not. So I'm interpreting for him. Mm -hmm. All right. We are ultimately going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We got a ways before we get there, but that's where we're going to begin reading at. So we're going to do some talking about some things first, uh, review a little bit, and uh, go on from there. Remember Sunday, Terry and Renee Mize will be here. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's bless the Lord. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We give you all the glory, Father, for you alone are worthy to receive praise. You are the living one, the everlasting God, the God of our salvation, our redemption. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that paid our price. You are the redeemer. Thank you, Lord God, that you have set us free, disconnected us, and untied us from the works of the devil that you put us in a position where we have a choice now. We can choose which way we're going to go and what we're going to do. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God that heals, the God that provides. You're a God of mercy and of grace. You're the God of peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Now, Father, I just thank you that as we come and sit at your feet today, that by your spirit, you'll teach us the word and impart revelation into our heart. That we'll not just be a hearer of the word, but we'll be an active doer of the word and blessed in the things that we do. Father, I thank you so much that your anointing comes on the word that removes burdens and destroys yokes. That by revelation, Father, that the power of hell is not able to stand against it. But we can walk as the more than conquerors that you've made us to be and overcomers in this life. For there is nothing that can separate us from you, from your love, all that you provided and all that you have prepared. We thank you and bless you for that in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. So just as a little review, you remember we talked a few weeks ago, I think it was, over in Exodus where the Lord spoke to Israel and he, he told Moses to tell the people to consecrate themselves and to wash their garments. And he was giving them two days to do it. Of course, the third day they were going to be moving. Remember that? And, um, you know, as the church, he's given us two days because the church age is two days or 2,000 years. And we're coming up on the end of the 2,000 years of the church age. So, you know, he's given us these two days to consecrate and to live consecrated as the church. Not just to be, but to live consecrated, which means to show oneself and to act holy. Uh, now, how do you know when you're getting holy? It's when you think you're not. <laughs> but the more you think you are, the probably you're just getting religious. You ever notice that? Maybe you haven't. I have. Anyway, to consecrate, to wash our garments, show oneself and to act holy. Uh, you know, in the book of Peter, it says, the Lord said, be ye holy as I am holy. You know, to live separated and to holy, uh, to consecrate also means to separate ourselves from the profane or the ordinary use of things. It means to be separated and different in behavior. We should be different in our behavior, different than the world. Isn't that right? 
uh, in Timothy, he said that if we will cleanse ourselves from the ordinary uh, things, the things that were of earthenware and the things that were of common use, he said if we cleanse ourselves of those things and become a uh, gold and silver vessel, we would be more useful to the master. Isn't that right? So therefore, the consecrating and the washing of ourselves is a doorway to usefulness. Glory to God. And you know, because why is usefulness so important? Well, not only is it important to the person that God will use you to touch, but it's also important to you because there is rewards for, of course, for living uh, obediently to the Lord. So as we separate ourselves to the Lord and consecrating ourselves, the Holy Spirit is then able to manifest and move as we choose to live separated to him. And pretty much being separated to him, it means to live in a way that is focused, to live in a way to where we are aware, uh, what we call God inside minded on a regular, but not God's out there someplace. He's right here. God inside minded. God is in me. And therefore, because of being focused, being aware and realizing God's in me, I look to live obediently to him. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. You know, we were all made when we received Jesus as the Lord of our life. We were all made a new creature in Christ. We became a child of God and spiritually we became separated and spiritually and um, as a child of God, we are consecrated. Isn't that right? But he also said to wash your garments. Amen. You know, and he tells you about how in, in Corinthians, he talks to you about how the fornicator, the drunks, the, the adulterers, the idolaters and all that stuff. He, he tells you about mm, that's not good. And we ought to separate ourselves and wash our garments and no longer live those ways. And the washing of the garment is the outward sign of the inward consecration. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm spiritually, I'm born again, I'm a child of God, that's the real me, and, and that's all that matters. No, 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 no. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, you're a three-part being, and all three parts matter because Jesus died for all three parts. And Jesus didn't pay that high price so that you can just walk around as I'm a spirit, I'm a spirit and I'm consecrated and I'm fine. Everything else can just go to hell. He, he didn't die for that. He died so that you as the spirit man can rise up and be in charge and take control of your soul, take control of your emotions, take control of your mind, take control of your body. Isn't that right? Ultimately taking control of your life. That's what he gave you authority and dominion for. So consecration, when you got born and born again and separ separated unto the Lord spiritually, you're consecrated, which is now your position in life. Consecration is your position, but washing your garments is now to be your outward action. Amen. He said, be ready. He said, consecrate and wash your garments because that's what makes you ready for the third day. What is the third day? You had four days from Adam to Jesus, 4,000 years. And then you had two days of the church age, 2,000 years. So that's 6,000 years or five days. And then comes the sixth day, which is the I'm sorry, four, five, six. And then comes the seventh day, which is the millennial reign. But for the church age, it's the third day. The third day. The third day is when the church goes into rapture. Thank you, Lord. And you not only have to be consecrated, but you've got to wash your garments and be ready for the third day. That's good. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. I'm looking forward to the third day. I mean, I like it here. God has really blessed us through the years, you know, 41 years of serving the Lord. He has blessed us and, you know, we've done our best to live obedient to him, to change our life and to line up with what his word says and not give the devil one stinking inch. And it's been a blessing. It's been a fight. But bless God, there's a victory to every fight. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So being ready for the third day, it just acts, it just becomes, it's, it's passive. In other words, you're not like, I got to be ready, I got to be ready, I got to be ready. That's not the deal. If you're not actively getting ready, readiness is passive. And it automatically happens as you, number one, are consecrated, and number two, wash your garments. The result of that is readiness. Okay? So now over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says he made him or the father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him in Christ. So God took the sin of the world and put it on Jesus when he was on the cross and Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when he took on the sin of the world and Father turned his back on Jesus at that particular point because he can't have anything to do with sin. Jesus carried our sin away and he did it so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. He's talking about getting born again. Right. When you got born again, you became consecrated, separated to the Lord, and you became the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, when you became born again, you became a peculiar person, not a weirdo. Some people take pride in being weirdos. It's not weirdo. A peculiar person means like my wife is peculiar. She's peculiar to me. She belongs to me. Nobody else. She belongs to me. It's, she's peculiar to me. So in that verse in Peter where it says we're a peculiar people, it actually means we are God's possession. We belong to him and nobody else. That's what that means. Okay. Um, so that's what happened when we got born again. We became the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, righteousness is not holiness. All it means is you were given right standing with God. You have the right to come into the presence of God. You have rights to come to the throne of God. You have rights to receive from the promises of God. You have the right to talk face to face with God. You have that right, even though we live in a flesh that's still full of sin. But we don't let that control us. He's given us everything so we can take control over it all. So our position in Christ is righteousness, but righteousness is not our action. We became the righteousness. It doesn't say that we might do. It says that we became. When we got born again, we became the righteousness of God. So it's a position of right standing before God. We were made righteous. How many of you know that as the righteous of God, you don't always act righteous? Okay, we don't always act righteous. How many of you know that? But righteousness is who we are. It is not a behavior. Righteousness is who we are. It is not a behavior. People, you know, people have fits over that when you say you got saved and I became the righteousness of God. Oh, you can't be the righteous because you don't know what you're talking about. Try reading the Bible. And that's true. People don't know what they're talking about. And that's why a lot of times they have fits over stuff. Because they have a religious theory or doctrine, but it's not the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God says it right there. Become the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you accepted Christ and you became in Christ, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. It's very simple. Amen. So righteousness is who we are, but it's not our behavior. Holiness is what describes behavior. It's the washing of the garments. All right. Now, I would say that none of us are totally perfected in holiness, but the hope would be that we're walking in more holiness today than we did 40 years ago when we ran into and met Jesus. We would hope that our life has changed to where we've become more holy in our behavior. Washed our garments. Isn't that right? Yes. So holiness is the behavior 
of the righteousness that we became. See, sin, this is where people get mixed up. When you say you became the righteousness of God, and they say, oh, you can't be righteous, they think you said you're the holiness of God. And you didn't say that. You said you're the righteousness of God. There's a difference. Holiness is the behavior of righteousness. So I became the righteousness of God when I got born again, and my life has been increasing in that holiness of action. We, sometimes we call it practical righteousness, the working outward of that righteousness. The Bible says work out your salvation. Work it out from inside into your life. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Romans chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. How many of you have answered the call to salvation? Okay. We answered the call. We accepted Jesus as the Lord of our life, accepted him as our Savior, and he is the propitiation of our sin that there's nothing else that needs to be done to make up for your sin. It was washed away, not covered over, but totally washed away in Christ. The blood of Jesus washed it away. Isn't that right? Amen. So we've answered the call to salvation in Christ, and now we are consecrated. And in the spirit realm, as a spirit being, we are clean. And that's why he calls us saints. You don't need somebody with a little hat on to declare you to be a saint. According to the word of God, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are a saint. Amen. That when I first learned that 41 years ago, my head went, huh, huh, huh? So if we've answered the call to salvation in Christ, will we answer the call to live as saints in this life? The word saints means holy, to share in God's purity and abstaining from earth's defilement. It's sanctification, separation. It's washing our garments. That's what being a saint is. We wash our garments. Amen. What kind of garments do people have in heaven white garments what does that white stand for purity the purity okay we're not wearing white garments right now I don't have clothes to white on right now I've been in the sun so I even have less white in my face <laughs> you know but when we step over into the next realm on the third day our garments will be white because of being totally pure. Amen? Amen. So our actions in life, our decisions that we make, the perceptions, how we see things, the realities, what's real to us, the attitudes that we have, it should be different than the world in any given situation. Now, I'm not talking about you just don't cuss like the world, although you shouldn't be. It doesn't mean you don't run around and have adultery affairs like the world, although you shouldn't be. But I'm talking about when you face a situation. We have faced situations over the last two years, and how did you view them? How did you perceive them? What was a reality to you? How did you act on it? What caused you to make the decisions you made? So we're not even, we're talking about just regular life. The world faces... Okay, forget about the last two years. How about last week? Okay. How about what's going on right now with the economy? How about the gas prices every time you pull into a gas station? I mean, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you declaring? What is a reality to you? Well, I got to stop driving so much. See, what's your reality? Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you thinking I don't need. I'm talking about where are you at? Do you know where you're at, and is that where you need to stay? Or is there an opportunity to grow beyond where you're at? 
That's what it's all about. I mean, I, 41 years, I could stay where I was 41 years ago. I could have stayed there. But I saw something better. And I only saw it because of spending time in the Word of God. And allowed the Spirit of God to speak to me through that Word. And I could see something better. You know, it's like God told Abraham. Abraham, from the place that you're at, lift up your eyes and see. And look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. As far as you can see, you can have it. What situation are you in right now where your head is down in the mud? Lift up your head and look into that word. And as far as you can see, you can have it if you can see it. If you can't see it, you won't have it. But if you can see it, you can have it. Amen. That's what this life is all about. We've all come out of the muck and the mire. My goodness, when we got saved, I didn't, I didn't even have a full brain in operation. Dear Lord, you're going to tell me that you can't get renewed? You can't renew your mind? You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> so when it comes to our actions in life, our decisions, our perceptions, our attitudes, the re what's a reality to us should be different than what the world sees in any kind of situation. Why? Because we have been called to be and to live saintly and holy. We should have a different perception of things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul here is talking to the Corinthian church. We know the Corinthian church was used in all the gifts of speech and utterance. And he says to them here in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly or carnal. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men, everyday men, men of the world, just like every other person walks? That's what fleshly is. That's what carnal is. Walking like mere men, just like the everyday person on the street. The people of Corinth, they were righteous, born again, using the gifts of the Spirit but not living very holy. You know, when we get born again, we're all carnal. I mean, let's face it. You get born again, your spirit gets born again. You got the same old mind, the same old emotions, the same old feelings, the same old thinking, the same old attitudes, the same old everything. Isn't that right? But God's calling us to a higher way of living. He's calling us to be and to live holy like the saints that we are, consecrated to him. Isn't that right? Yes. To be separated and to live in that which our consecration declares. My consecration declares I am the righteousness yes. of God in Christ. So therefore, it declaring that, I'm saying be holy and live in a different category than the world. Stop living like the unrighteous and start living like the righteous. Yes. Amen. You know, many times people want to live in a higher category financially or a higher place of health, they want to move up higher, or maybe they want to have more peace in their life. Oh, if I could just have more peace, if things could just be better. You know, I, I'm just worried about so many things. That, you know, everybody wants to move up in their life in different areas. You know, Mount Sinai was only a mountain until the presence of the Lord came on it. Once the presence of the Lord appeared, Sinai changed, and there's not ever been any like it. Because the presence of God showed up on the mountain. Amen. We are separated people. See, Sinai became separated from all the other mountains. When you read in the Bible, Mount Sinai, you know exactly what they're talking about. Some places it's called Horeb, Mount Horeb. It's the same thing. We're a peculiar people. 
We are to live separate. The presence of God. When you got born again, the presence of God came into you. We belong to God, consecrated, called as saints, called to live in a way that honors the work that God has done for us in Christ, to honor what Jesus had done on that cross for us, that we live holy and we wash our garments because we honor our God, our King, and our Savior. Isn't that right? Amen. Psalm 31. Verse 19, Psalm 31, 19. It says, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you or reverence you. Doesn't mean to be afraid of him. It means to reverence him. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who reverence you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you, before the sons of men. Your goodness that you have wrought for those who take refuge in you, and it is before or in the face of the sons of men. The New Living Translation says it is before a watching world. That God blesses you before a watching world because the world is watching. The world is watching. They're not only looking to see if you trip up, but they're looking at your life. The world's looking at your life. How come when the powers to be said there was a pandemic, you said, my God takes care of me. I don't care what they say. You got to be kidding me. How come when they say, you're going to have to eat bugs. I'll say, my bug's a cow. <laughs> Why is it that when they say that gas prices are going to go sky high, I can say, my God supplies all my needs. That I can walk into a gas station without being worried. I can walk into a grocery store without being concerned. And you might think, well, maybe you've got the money. It's got nothing to do with it. Because I acted the same way back in 2008 when the economy tanked, when I had no money. And I, ha and, I, and I acted the same way in the late 80s or the early 90s when the economy took a dive. And I couldn't even think about having any money. So don't tell me because of money. But, you know, this is what we do so many times. We look at people and we think, well, yeah. You know, and I used to do this. I mean, because I, I know what I'm talking about. I remember when we first joined ICFM and we wanted to go to the meetings and we couldn't. We joined in 1988. And for five years, we couldn't get to any meetings. And in 1993, we made a decision. We're going to start going to these meetings. We had no money. We're believing God just to be able to drive to a meeting. Believe in God to have enough money for a hotel at the meeting. And Jerry Seville sends out these postcards. It would be great if everybody could bring $500 from their ministry to the meetings. And I'm thinking, $500? I can't even spell that. And he sends out another postcard. Be great if every ministry could bring $500 to the meeting. I'm thinking, oh, that would be, that's easy for you to say. You got partners all over the world. See, but I forgot about when he was a little paint and body shop mechanic. Barely getting by and couldn't even drive to Texas to meet up with Brother Copeland. And he had nothing when he began. Copeland had nothing when he began. Isaac had nothing when he began. Abraham had nothing when he began. 
We can go down the whole list of who had nothing when they began, but then got connected with God, and God blessed them because of their obedience. He don't bless people because that's his favorite. Everybody's his favorite because his blessing belongs to everybody. Your goodness, which you stored up for all that would reverence you. In Psalms, it says the blessing of God belongs to the great and the small. It does not matter. There's no partiality with God. It's anybody that reverences him and walks in his way. The blessing belongs to them. Hallelujah. The world is watching. Now, here's something you need to know about the world watching. They can't see your righteous spirit. They give a rip about your righteous spirit. They can't see in the spirit. They can only see your garments. That's all they can see. And they'll only see the blessing of God come on your life, not in your heart. Oh, you know, I don't have nothing, but I have God in my heart. The world don't care. That is not a witness. In fact, Matthew, Jesus said, you know, don't sound the trumpet before you give alms and get all the praises of men, but to give in secret and God who sees in secret will repay you openly. And when you fast, don't anoint your body because when they fasted, their bodies start to stink. So he said, anoint your body so that nobody knows you're fasting. Don't go around putting on a show, but God who sees in secret will repay you openly. And when you pray, don't pray loudly on the street corners like the hypocrites do, but go into your closet where nobody knows and God who sees in secret will repay you openly. Why does he want to pay you openly? Because there is a world watching you. That is the witness to the world. Don't even think for a moment that the goodness of your heart is a witness to anybody. Now, depending on where people's perception is, they'll say things like, well, look at that, Pastor. I mean, my goodness, probably they've got some money, blah, blah, blah. And they'll go off on a whole tangent about that. But then you get up and talk about the goodness of God and you got holes in your pants and stuff. And they'll go, oh, look at that. He ain't got nothing. God don't take care of him. And why would I care? Here's the whole deal, folks. You either they're either going to care or they don't care. And if they don't care, they'll use any excuse and stop trying to pamper them. They'll just use excuses on you. Just like we always said this about Noah. God never had Noah put windows in the ark. Why? So that when the floodwaters started to rise and people started drowning, they couldn't beat on the ark and go, and you call yourself a Christian. Let me in. You had your chances. Now you live with your consequences. Oh, that isn't very Christian. Really? Really? Should we go through the Bible? (laughs) I mean, just if you look at the churches of Revelation, he says, I have this against you. Now get it together, get your act straightened up, and if you overcome, then this is your reward. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. The one that got five got ten. The one that had two had became, got five. The one that had one had nothing. The master was not happy with the one with the one because he did nothing with it. Who did he give it to? Didn't he give half to one and half to the other and just kind of distribute it? No. He gave it to the faithful one. Faithfulness is rewarded in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, what's the difference? What are we talking about? We're talking about righteousness and truth versus religion. That's the difference. I came out of religion. As a child, I was brought up in religion. I know it's a killer. Thank you for your agreement. The world is watching. They can't see in the spirit. They can only see your garments. In Timothy, the apostle Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved. And then he said, meditate on these things 
that your progress would become evident to all. That means everybody, saved and unsaved. Those that know the things of God and those that don't. It becomes evident. Why? Because it's outward. It's shown. Are you with me? It's in the seen realm. It's where the world watches. The world watches in the seen realm. The world's not praying and going, oh, I think they're a good person. No, no, no. No, no, no. They're watching the seen realm. Jesus said, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses. He didn't say you could be, you might be. Hope you are. He said you will be. You will be. Why? Because you're automatically going to be a witness based on your life. You're either going to be a good witness or you're going to be a bad witness. Because the tree is known by the, the fruit. The fruit grows on the, on, the, on the vine. The vine is connected to the tree. So therefore, the vine, us, has fruit. But based on the fruit, that's how the tree, which is Jesus Christ, is known based on fruit. Not by the life in the vine, by the fruit on the vine. Amen. Are you with me? Colossians chapter 1. See, this is about abundant living. Jesus came that you'd have abundance of life. It doesn't mean money. Colossians 1, 9 and 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that, in order that, for this reason, that you will walk, walk, this is a, lit, a life, that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So, revelation of knowledge of his will. See, it's the revelation of the knowledge of his will that you cannot get outside of spending time in the word of God. Knowledge of his will, by revelation of it, we're able to walk in it. It's not about I'm trying to get in the word because I want to know what to do. Or I want to know where I need to go. Or I need to know about this. No, it's about getting into his word so that you can be empowered to live godly, to live a holy life. So that in order that it will affect how you walk and how you live, that your manner of life would be worthy of the Lord, that it be pleasing to him. Yeah. Amen. It's called walking in our washed garments. Yeah. It is a life of bearing fruit that brings glory to God. Yeah. And the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. The tree is known by the fruit. The fruit that bears from an inward life with God. So that and we're going to go on to read 10 to 12. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. That's growth. You're going to have to grow into these things. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Continue to increase in that revelation of the knowledge of his will, which is his word, and be strengthened with power to increase in the bearing of fruit, living in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, joyfully and thankfully. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Continually increasing in the bearing of fruit. That's what it's all about. The bearing of fruit. The bearing of fruit. God does not only show us how to live powerfully, how to live victoriously, how to live gloriously. But he, through his word and Holy Spirit, empowers us to do so. So we can press in and we can choose to walk in his life that's given to us. 
We have his word. I mean, my goodness, this is America. You have so many Bibles and so many translations and every street corner and every social and, 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 and Internet and just all kinds of things. There is no excuse not to have the word of God. You can get women's Bibles, men's Bibles, children's Bibles. You can get devotionals. You can get one minute devotionals. You can get a five minute devotional. You can get a 365 day devotional. You can get a 31 day devotional that you can read 12 times in a year. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff out there. No, no reason not to. And without it, we'll never change. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24. That in reference to your former manner of life, former manner, that's pre, that's B.C. days before Christ. <laughs> that in reference to your former manner of life before you got saved, you lay aside the old self. What does he say? Lay aside what? The old self, the way you lived and the way you were before you got saved, lay it aside. Who's going to lay it aside for you? I do. Is God going to come and snatch it out of you? No. He did when you got saved. He snatched that right out of you when you got saved, but it's still in your soul. It's still in your thinking. It's still in your emotions. It's still in your attitude. It's still in your ideas. <laughs> and he's saying, take that thing and lay it down or throw it down. Throw down that old self. Why? Because it's being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. So between laying down the old self and putting on the new self, there is the renewing of the mind that comes only from the word of God. So we can't put on the new self and put down the old self unless we renew our mind because the transformation takes place in our thinking. If I don't change my thinking, my life will never change. If I want to think the way I always thought, I'll always be the way I've always been. You got to get renewed so that you can put on the new self. What self? The self that where the self that became the righteousness of God in Christ, the new self. And every one of us has the opportunity, which in the likeness of God, this new self has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. The only thing that we have that unbelievers don't have is we have a choice. We can live in the new self or we can just live like the old self. Now, unbelievers don't have that choice. They just live as the, the person they are. But you got a choice. You don't have to remain the same. See, there is tremendous power in transformation. When you get into the word of God and start reading the word of God and start putting that in you, there is great transformation and great power available. We have been talking the last number of weeks about being the glorious church. This is not too difficult for us. Oh, it got quiet out there. It is not too. Go over to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Because maybe you need to get this in your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 and verse 14. Deuteronomy 30, 11. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. Verse 14. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. It is not too difficult. Why is it so difficult? Because you don't put it in your heart. You don't put it in your mouth. And you're trying to do something you don't get. And it's not going to happen. It is not too difficult. It's not out of reach. It's right there in you, in your heart. Put it in your mouth. The word gets in our heart and in our mouth so that we'll observe to do it. For instance, the word of God says, quit lying. That was something I had to get when I got saved. So I had to start declaring it, that I do not lie. The word of God says, do not lie to one another. 
So if the word says don't lie to one another, I'm not going to lie. The word says don't lie, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a liar. I've been redeemed from that. I put on, putting off the old man, putting on the new man. I do not lie. Meditate on it. Guess what I had an opportunity to do? And what do you think I did? I lied like a dog. And then I repented. And I said, God, forgive me. You said I'm supposed to stop lying. I'm, I, I need to stop lying. So I'm putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Well, it took a while, little by little. And then one time you decide and choose not to lie. Next time you lie and you got to repent and get back in there and continue to press on down that road. You got to put it in your heart, put it in your mouth, and it becomes a decision in your life. This is not an overnight process. You say, well, if, if this is really God, it would just happen. It ain't just really God. It's God in you. And I don't know if you've realized this. You're the problem. It's not God. God's not the problem. If it was just God, it would be, let there be light. And boom, there it is. It's light. Done. It ain't just God. But people think God's going to come down and just grab him by the back of the neck and just make them. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh. <laughs> you got to start declaring to yourself, be ye holy as I am holy. I am strengthened to walk worthy of the Lord. I'm consecrated. So now I have the ability to wash my garments. I'm not a mere man. I'm a spiritual being. I'm a word-filled, Holy Spirit-filled person. I get my lifestyle in order and it prepares me for the third day. I take the word of God so that I put off the old ways of thinking and reasoning and deciding and talking. And I put on the new man as I'm renewed in my thinking and change the way I think, reason, and make decisions in everyday living. God said it, so it's possible. It is not too hard and it is not too difficult. He left it in your hands. How hard can it be? People think, oh, this is so hard. You got the easy part. How would you like to go into hell and pay the price for your own sin? Jesus did that for you. He did the hard part. He's the one that changed the spots of the leopard. That body you're sitting in is decaying every day. There's nothing you can do about that. But when Jesus comes back and you step into the millennial reign with him, you'll get a new one. In the meantime, between what he did for your spirit and what he's going to do for your body, he told you, renew your mind, be holy as I'm holy. You must have the easy part. You may not have the want to, but you've got the easy part. It's not a hard thing. And it gets easier the more you put it in your mind. The more you put it in your mind, the more it will get in your heart. The more it gets in your heart, the more it'll come out of your mouth. The more it comes out of your mouth, you will make it'll make you strong to make the proper decisions. And the right decisions is what will start touching your life. And that takes discipline. One of our favorite words, discipline. It also takes discipleship. It takes a service like this, a service of discipleship. Amen. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verses 3 to 5. This is a mother talking to her son. It says, do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. It is not for kings to drink wine or strong drink, which is alcohol. And you might say, well, I'm glad I'm not a king. But Romans 5.17 says you are. That when you got born again, you became a king in the kingdom. You rule under the head kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the king of kings, and we are under kings in the kingdom. This is what destroys your spiritual life. 
This destroys your position in Christ, and this destroys our authority over darkness. See, here's the way we usually live. We want to be a king when it's convenient. When I want authority and I want dominion, bless God, I'm a king. Huh? But I don't want to be a king when we want to do what we want to do. And then we wonder why life don't change. It's not for kings to drink wine or alcohol. You might just call it being social, but who are you? You're not social, you're righteous. Make a choice, which one are you? You want to be social, fine, but then you won't be righteous. Not that you'll lose your righteousness, you're just going to step out of your position. You can't act out of your position. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. So which one are you? Make a choice. Verse 6. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Verse 7. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Are you perishing? Are you being destroyed? Are you being eradicated? Well, wine is for a bitter life and a bitter soul. Are you distressed in your soul? Do you have a heavy heart? Are you bitterly distressed? Do you need to kill the pain and dull the ache? Do you need to forget your poverty and your troubles? Do you need to wallow in the mire? Or are you a king? Are you in charge? Do you give decrees and expect them to be obeyed? Or do we decree things today and then forget about what it was that we said and allow life just to drag us down the street? If you believe it's okay for you, then you're declaring your poverty, your trouble, your bitter life, and you're saying that's what mine is. Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. Those are the ingredients. You know, you buy stuff at the grocery store, you look at ingredients, and you're like, oh, you know, oh, I, I don't want to have any of these ingredients that's in here. Well, the ingredients of wine is a mocker. The ingredients of strong drink is a brawler. That's the ingredients. And it goes on to say that those that are intoxicated by it is not wise. The word intoxicated is wrong. It should be deceived. Those that are deceived by it is not wise. You know, when I did, when I was pretty heavy doing drugs, and I used to say things like, well, you know, I can handle it, but so-and-so, you know, they can't, so don't let them have any, but I can handle it. Deceived. Totally deceived. Didn't realize that my whole brain's getting eaten up. Totally deceived. Those that are deceived by it because you think this will be good. No, it's a brawler and it's a mocker. You're deceived. You're not wise. Amen. And if we're deceived, we'll have nothing but error in our thinking and our choosing. So now we're faced with a choice. And this is what the word of God is designed to do. If the word of God does not bring you to a choice, you haven't been listening. The word always brings you to a choice. You know, my brother, he wasn't saved. And um, when he lived down here, he used to date different women, and they happened to be Christian women. I don't know why he dated Christian women. He liked them. But they always said, you know, we, we want you to come to church with us. And he would go to church with them. And then uh, we had a softball team, and one of the requirements to be on the softball team is you had to go to church at least once a month, I think, maybe twice a month. That was the requirement. Well, he loved softball. So he wanted to get on the team, so he had to come to church. And he sat down and said to me one day, and this is an unbeliever. He says to me, I've dated a lot of Christian women, and I've gone to their churches all over town. He said, it's easy to sit in their church. It's not easy to sit in your church. And I took that as an honor, because that means we're doing our job. And it's bringing you to a point to where you have to make a decision. Why do you think that we only have the number of people that we have? 
because people don't always want to make decisions. And we're not going to stop preaching the way we preach, and we're not going to sugarcoat anything, and we're not here to make you feel warm and fuzzy. We're here to see your life change. And you can't change your life without facing a choice. So you might say, you know, you might look at me and see that I'm the pastor and you might say, well, you're the pastor and you listen to what's being declared from the word of God. Or you might think that as a pastor, I just run this organization and I just stand up here and I flap my gums and I just have my own personal opinions about everything. And you could take it or leave it depending on where you're at. And the bottom line is, is we're declaring the truth of the word of God. And the bottom line is you can't take it or leave it up to you but we'll never stop giving it amen because we don't play the numbers game we don't count success the way the world counts success we're not a mere man church we're going to do things God's way so here's the question do you sense the Holy Spirit calling you into a higher realm of living do you sense that on the inside We live in a time right now where the rights of the afflicted are perverted. Justice is extremely murky. As the church, we must be keen in our thinking and clear in being attuned with heaven. Our senses must be under control. Our mouth must be under control. Our thinking must be under control. And to do so, we must remove the obstacles and increase in our ability to hear from heaven to hear the word of God with the purpose and only purpose of obeying and walking in that which we hear. Like in the days of the Roman Empire, alcohol, drugs, sexual immorality, so-called free-spirited life led to total satanic influence in the Roman Empire. It brought an end to many empires of the days. And today we have much In the area of alcohol, extreme uses of painkillers, opioids, morphine, illegal drugs, legalized marijuana, sexual promiscuity has risen to a level to where it's just normal. And many, many are even persuaded that they don't even have to bother getting married. And the murkiness that we live in must be removed. But you can't do it if the saints are living in the murkiness themselves. If you believe that you're a king, God is calling you to excellence. If your heart's desire and cry is for a move of the Holy Spirit in you and through you, then as the Proverbs declares, some of these things are just not for you. Maybe it's been, but then you have to start with the verses of truth and let them be the meditation of your heart and become the very needed empowerment to your choices. Because what you meditate is what will empower your choices. Thank you, Jesus. And the truth of what you take hold of and then make decisions based on that truth is what will make your life free. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. Let's declare this together. I am the consecrated righteous. If you're on live stream or podcast, just bow your head right where you're at and declare these things with us. I am the consecrated righteous. I wash my garments. I can be holy as he is holy. I put off the old man, the old thinking, the old habits by being renewed in the spirit of my mind through the word of God and help of the Holy Spirit. I put on the new man man of righteousness, righteousness, holiness, holiness, and truth. truth. My outer life life is an expression expression of my inner life. life. I walk in the holiness of truth, truth. and that truth makes me free. I'm growing more and more hungry hungry. for being more of a spiritual, a biblical person. Walking free, free. worthy of the Lord, Lord. pleasing to him, him. 
I have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, which makes me able in all things. I am a king in life under the head kingship of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, Holy Spirit, help me in all of these things. Holy Spirit, help me in all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. Lift your hand. Lift your hands to the Lord. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask for your anointing to drop on each person in the room. For each person on live stream, each person on podcast. That as we lift our hands to you, our hands go up and your anointing comes down. Filling us, empowering us, strengthening us, making us courageous, that we would be strong and courageous to walk in your word, that our life would change and increase and answer the call that you declare, come up hither to a higher way of living. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I received that. I receive that in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. Praise God. Praise God. I want to remind you Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Brother Terry and Renee Mize is going to be here. And I believe that he's going to be sharing on miracles and the move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 After Sunday morning service is going to be potluck. So if you're in the service, you're welcome to the potluck. So bring something to share. And um, if you forget, you can still stay. You just can't eat as much. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But we're looking forward to the times when, when he's here. I know he's going to have some things to really impart to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Our mortgage has dropped once again. It is down to $20,290. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. January of 2021, we were at 250,000. Now we're down to 20. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. See, he does supply seed to the sower. If it is your heart to sow, he will supply the seed. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. Thank you for your direction, your instruction. Father, like a child that is loved by his parents, he also, although for the moment, discipline is sorrowful, he does appreciate it because it bears the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And Father, sometimes in hearing your word, it seems hard, it seems sorrowful. But if we'll take hold of it, it will bear the peaceable fruits of righteousness in our life, that that which is within us will make its way outward. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, as we come before you with our giving this evening, I thank you, Father, that according to your word, you said there's one that gives and yet increases all the more. So we take your word, and as we sow our seed today, we declare over our giving, I am the one that gives, and therefore, I am the one that will increase all the more. Lord, you said it, you've promised it, and I agree and add my amen to what you have declared. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you joined us on live stream or on podcast, thanks for being with us. I do appreciate you joining in and allowing us to share the word of God with you. For it is always an honor to share the word of God and to declare the things of the kingdom to you so that you can grow and increase and see change come into your life that moves you up into a higher level of living and walking more and more in a manner worthy of the Lord. Yes. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. It's on your screen. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And uh, if there's anything we can ever pray with you about, please let us know. We always uh, consider it an honor to stand with our partners and believe God for your need to be met. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God.